Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, cheeseheads. Welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. It has been a while since we last did a pod. I hope you're having a lovely festive period. And if you believe in Santa, that he brought you everything you requested. Joining me to discuss the game against Brentford today, all the way from South London, is Mr. Paul Muir. How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, not too bad. It's been a while. It's good to be back after um, the uh, the side show of the World Cup. But yeah, enjoyed that today and uh, looking forward to uh, chatting with you two fine fellows about it. <laughs> Sadly, the, the after effects of the World Cup are still lingering with several players out today. Um, we'll obviously discuss that in a bit more detail. Also joining all the way from up north, Mr. Seb Short. How are you doing, Seb? Yeah, I'm good. Good to get back to Premier League football. I have to agree with Paul's comment. I felt it was a sideshow, the World Cup, and uh, and now we're back to to, to the real football. <laughs> the problem is, isn't it? It's like I've watched a few games today, and already I think the quality of the games I watched today was far more entertaining than many, many, many of those World Cup games. Exactly that. that yeah, maybe we'll, cut, we'll do like two minute review of the World Cup, but yeah, that that would be my take. Yeah, all right, fine. Do you want to do your two minute review now? No. Um, I think bang average, to be honest, and I'll tell anyone that who tries to tell me that it is the the, the best World Cup. Admittedly, the final, um, most of which I missed because I was watching a pantomime. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it to be very good, but I would say Holland, Argentina, England, France, and France, Argentina were the only games where two quality teams came together to actually try and win a game, um, and the rest of it I thought was either a mix of defensive football, um, playing for draws like Croatia. Um, or just a, a hodgepodge of missed opportunities and, and not very good football. I think some of the bigger teams now are really struggling, um, and that's what got pretty crap teams. I've got to be honest in Morocco and Croatia, as well as others through to through to semi uh, through to semi-finals or or quarterfinals. Whatever, there was a lot of poor football um, on show. There you go. There's my take. Any more um, something more bright to say about it, Paul? I quite enjoyed Morocco. I thought I thought they played uh, fairly decent. There was a couple of good players there as well. Uh, I think Ziyech had a very good tournament. I got to admit, I didn't watch a lot of it to be honest. I, I caught the games as and when I, I could. I saw I saw some of the England games. I think uh, we looked okay. Uh, obviously, you know, as it's been done to death now about the cane penalty and stuff. It's slightly unfortunate, but um, overall, I thought the final was superb. But the rest was 
pretty bang average as, as, as Seb says really it's just it was just the wrong time and and obviously the reason the, the tournament came around just couldn't get behind it for the timing and also because of the uh all the shenanigans like you know eight or nine years ago when it was uh when it was awarded so overall yeah, yeah I still I still stick by it being a sideshow <clears throat> fair enough I mean the thing for me as well was that Kane thing it was just like why does that have to happen like probably the worst thing that could happen apart from an injury is like some psychological damage but I think one thing we can take from it is that Kane's a pretty resilient guy and even something as crushing as missing a penalty that sees your team you know leave a major tournament like that I think he's going to bounce back for it I, I wasn't really too concerned if it had been probably any other of our players I would have been bothered but you know I think Kane's got a bit of metal about him He's definitely got that psychological strength. I've, I've, I, he, he, he's going to bounce back from that. Like watching him today, he looks a little bit rusty. Um, mm. But as we'll come on to, the goal he took was really, really, really nicely taken. Really good, you know, well directed back across the goalkeeper. Thought yeah, he played well in fits and starts. He's obviously not back to where he was yet, but I think he, you know, I don't think it's going to be much of a hangover for him psychologically from the World Cup. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, agreed. Um, Right, looking at the lineup as we always do, quite a few changes today. <sighs> I just can't get past. I know you're going to want to rant about this as well, Paul. No Romero even in, on the subs bench. At least Larice made it there. Perisic, who played like what a day before in the third and fourth playoff, he managed yep. to get there, and he's what 33, 34 years old. I just I don't really understand it. And Larice either. I mean, I know it's an opportunity to play your second string goalkeeper in probably the only game he's going to play this year, but. I didn't see that Larice needed to miss out as well. So there's a few changes that I didn't think were necessary today. That back line, um, even before the game, when you saw Jaffa in there as well, um, kind of filled me a little bit with um, not kind of like, you know, dread or anything like that, but it was just like, yeah, that, yeah, Jaffa in there. And then obviously uh, Longley as well, who's, who didn't play that well before before the World Cup uh, started. Yeah, I, I was surprised that Larice didn't. Didn't, didn't slot back straight back in really. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe just a psychological kind of. Uh, yeah, he didn't feel kind of like you know focused enough yet. Maybe Conte's promise forced. I, I don't know. I, I don't know really. But it, it was surprising certainly to see Jaffa uh, in a back three. I know Sanchez didn't do too great with both of the friendlies during uh, the Nice and I think when he I can't remember if he played against Motherwell or not, but he didn't look great. So I can see why. Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't start today. But yeah, Jaffa was uh, a real a real worry and as it as it transpired was pretty poor today but um mm. yeah yeah it was, just, it was just the back three that kind of like worried me a wee bit when I saw the lineup yeah and um, so what do you think about the midfield as well obviously missing Benzenkul with a slight injury not too sure how much longer he's going to be out for uh yeah was, was Benzenkul banned I thought he was... yeah he's, he's suspended he's suspended yeah. Oh, he's suspended as well. But he did pick up yeah. an injury in the World Cup, surely. I think yeah, I think did. they said that he will definitely be back for for Villa. Um oh. just 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 this just this game. Yeah, the, the the midfield is um is what we'd expect. Um I think with with Benson Kur out. Um um obviously Basuma comes comes in and and fills that role. Um but I was concerned by the by the entire lineup as Paul said I was uh, I would obviously wanted to see Larice there. I think Tanganga. Uh, look, I don't know, but maybe that's a it's a a trial almost. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't mm-hmm. see. Yeah, he's. I think he's his sixth choice centre back. But uh, you know, it, it, he he he. I think he he showed today just how um, like immature is the wrong word, but that is kind of what I'm what I'm searching for uh, in mm-hmm. performance. In that I think he'd been told to get really tight to 
Tony. And there were a couple of occasions actually where the ball came through, that Brentford played it through and he nipped round the side or he, he nipped kind of behind, but round the, round the side, if you like, to kind of nip the ball away. A couple of times I was like, okay. And then Tony, obviously, because he's a very good player, understood mm. what was going on and adjusted his game, moved two, three feet away from Tanganga and who then charged into the back of him because he's trying to make up the space to, to get the ball, gave away free yeah. kick after free kick. And it's that immaturity of not being able to adjust your game to, you know, that's what good players do. You know, if something's not working, you you realise you change it. Um, and he just he just carried on the carried on the same. And yeah, it was a, it, you know, he'll be very disappointed with his performance and obviously got hooked. As re- with regards to the rest of the lineup, I, I guess it's what you'd expect. And when you've got the players out that we have in Lucas and uh, and Benson Kerr and obviously Romero, um, it wasn't, I don't think there was a lot more that we, we expected to see really. No, that's fair. What about the formation itself, Paul? Obviously, uh, Brentford packing three in the middle against R2. And we've, we've talked about this many times over the season, about the issues it caused. And today, it probably did a little bit as well, didn't it, in the midfield battle? Yeah, first half was overrun. They, they were just patting us on the head and saying, good lads, you just stay there while we pass around you. It was really annoying, that first half. Um, we, we we just looked intensity. What oh, we've been through this as well before, lots of times. So let's just quickly go through this in 30, 45 seconds. There was no intensity. When we did get the ball, uh, Basuma couldn't progress it uh, more than 10, 15 metres without it going out or going towards Conte or going to a player who played for Brentford and not Tottenham Hotspur. Um, it was just, it was, yeah, I, obviously their midfield is, is workmanlike, but as I keep saying, you know, like, you know, hard work's going to be talent when talent doesn't want to even like put any, any effort in, not even get out of work, but put any effort in. And we, we were just well off it. So I would say that the formation with one man less certainly compounded an issue, but our main issue was that we just, we just weren't intense enough in that first half. Yeah, this is the thing. I think I made a comment on the Facebook page straight after, which is we we're all hoping that after this World Cup, things were going to change. We were going to come back a bit rejuvenated and things were going to click a bit more. But it was the same issues again, it felt like today, Seb. Lack of intensity, slow start, and we had to go behind in order to fucking start moving. They look to me like they all look to each other for the inspiration. Um, exactly, and, exactly. Yeah, there's, you know, look, our best player, obviously on any given day is Kane and he came up saying he had he had 10 touches you can't get the ball to him then you can't expect him to 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 dig you out of a hole um and I thought from a from well from 1 to 11 actually I thought we were pretty poor son uh kind of brightened up a little bit but held on to the ball far too long when he did get in in good positions kulu's kulu and he 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 was he, he was decent to be fair but the rest of them just they just looked like they just yeah, no inspiration at all. No one really kind of driving it forward or, or taking charge. Look, we've covered this. It's going back six weeks, eight weeks, however long. Um, yeah. You know, people say Dyer's a leader. There's no leadership at the back. There, there, there's, there's nothing there. Tanganga, mm. Dyer, and Longley does not frighten you if you're um, Ivan Tony or, as the commentator on my Amazon Prime stream said, Brian Bumo. I don't know how oh. I don't know how you get Bumo out of M B E U M O, but she was sure it was Brian Bumo. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, they they don't they don't frighten you. And um, look, we'll cover Hoybier maybe a little bit later because I felt as he got into the game and as he did kind of grab the game by the scruff of the neck, things yeah. uh, things got better for us. But yeah, it's, as Paul said, it's two in the middle. Is it? 
it really handicaps us. It doesn't matter who you play against in the Premier League. Two, three mm. in the middle is going to cause you some problems. Yeah, I also think there was plenty of times when Bissouma and Hoybier were both quite deep, wanting yeah. to take it off the defence. And I was looking, I was thinking, we've got the you know Perisic, Longley, Dyer, Hoybier, and Bissouma all around the ball on the halfway line, yeah. <laughs> trying to. And I mean, why are you doing this? You need some players in front of you to receive the ball to get something going. The first half, particularly, sorry to interrupt. The first half, particularly, Hoybier played facing his own goal the majority yeah. of the time. And like you say, he was on Dyer and Longley's toes pretty much. And there was one point where the, where Dyer and Hoybier played played five yard passes to each other four times yeah. from the edge of the area and back back. From Dyer to Hoybier, back to the edge of the area, back to Hoybier, back to Dyer. And in the end, Dyer just lumped it. And it was like, <laughs> what, what are we doing? That's where we do miss for America because he can bring the ball out, can't he? Uh, actually, give Dyer some, uh, as the kids say, put some respect on Dyer's name. But it's about it's about kind of bringing the ball out for centre of defence and actually committing one of those kind of like five, uh, the three, three of either Janssen or, or Janel to try and come and get the ball off you and that will free up one of our midfielders. We do miss Romero when he when he because he can carry the ball quite well and Dyer can as well. I mean, he showed it in the second half as well that he can do that. He can stride out into the middle of the park and he can play 10, 15 meter, twenty meter ball either into like someone's feet or out wide to either like Kulitski or or even Parisic on the other side um, or Son on the other side. Excuse me. Um, that that that's what it seems to me is like you know we, there is nobody willing to like kind of like commit an opposition midfielder when when it's because because if if they've got two or three people trying to get the ball off you, one of our guys just got to make a passing angle and we're out. It just seems really basic and we don't seem to do that. And I think a really good ball playing centre back in the in the in the mould of someone like Christian Romero next mm-hmm. to next to him would be really really useful. I mean, God, you know, minister the bloody obvious, Paul, but. It's you know that that we, we are missing someone who can bring the ball out and bring it into the middle of the park from centre back. It's I think it's I think it's a key issue that we've got to address that as well. Romero can do it, as I said, but we need someone else who can do it. Yeah, no, I agree with that, um, and I think that's it. The, the commentator said at one point that you can see with Brentford they've got a really good sort of understanding of their movement and where they're going to be, and then you're just looking at Spurs thinking <laughs> we don't. <laughs> like, still, it's been a long time now, and I feel like a lot of these players don't have that sort of connection and, and knowledge about sort of who's going to be making runs and who should be going where, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, that first half was was difficult to watch at times. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, they get a very early goal, uh, 15 minutes. And it was just frustrating, wasn't it? It was it was entirely avoidable. And obviously, there's a bit of fortune when Jensen put it across because he's he, he looks like he's trying to put it across. Obviously, he gets the deflection, then forces us to make a save and just go straight into Jan Elk's path. So even that had some fortune to it, didn't it, Paul? Yeah. Uh, if, you look, if you look at the build-up to that goal, I'm not, I'm not going to go too hard in on Jaffa. But he's got no. He's he, he's never going to win that ball against Tony the flick on, and then we're always playing catch up at that point. Sometimes a defender, you got. I think you got to realise. I mean, who? Um, I'm not a Premiership defender in any shape or form, but we've all watched the game enough to think. Right, I can't get that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let him have that one, and then I'm just gonna drop off and then try and pick up a second ball or cover any kind of like forward play from that that Tony flick on, but just. Jaffa gets kind of like sucked in there and then we're playing catch up that's what I was really disappointed about and then we all seem to like get attracted to the ball and it's actually I think Perisic is playing catch up as well like he should be mm. he should be covered, coming around on that back stick and he's he's nowhere to be seen and he's in Basuma is actually nearer to the actual goal scorer in the end than sorry the, the guy who like knocks it into 
um, and gets deflection. It's just, it's just really poor. It's just, it, it could be so easily avoided. That's what I'm getting at. It could be so easily avoided. Take it back further than that, I can. I think it, it's Son and Kane in the in the centre circle who contrived to lose the ball. Um, one trying to find the other, I can't quite remember who, but it kind of um, encapsulates what. Look, I can't offer a solution, but what what is kind of wrong with some of the way that we play? And if you look when we lose the ball, Doherty is banging forward over the, he's well over the halfway line. And then the turn he's got to make and get back, he's nowhere near the play. And really on that side of the pitch, that's his player. But because of the formation that we play, it's not his player. Tanganga's come out as a wide centre-back, if you like, which it's just, everything's just a little bit confused. And then, as you say, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like a comedy of errors or, or, or mishaps. Um, some of which that uh, aren't our fault. You know, I can't really blame uh, Forster for that goal. Um, no. but it just kind no. of showed up how kind of out of position we can be on a quick turnaround. Um, and that's that's the problem that I have with... Um, I know I know it's not going to change. I know this is a pointless conversation, but this three at the back and and the wingbacks mm. bombing on, you know, they, they, they absolutely players extra strikers and we see it because we score so many goals but bloody hell now we our defensive record is appalling over the last mm. I think it's, I did I read something like this is it's the eighth game in a row we've conceded and six of those times we've conceded at least two I mean that's that's terrible yeah it is I think the other things were because Tony had that chance right at the end of the half I know he was offside but he was only slight but he was just running through there was absolutely nobody near him we seem to have these moments of where we just lose concentration. I think it's getting caught as well. I don't just think it's concentration. I think it's getting caught on the on the quick turn. We bomb, we send so many players forward. Um and in my mind, unnecessarily so. Sometimes when you when you look at our attacking play and it's Doherty or Emerson or whatever, and they're making up that extra man in the box and they never get it. You know, or very rarely, uh, you know, all right, they might create a bit of carnage or whatever, but sometimes just we you know just stay play players players a defender. You know, primarily that's your that's your role, but it it will never happen. You know, I'm not mm. I'm, I'm not saying that that, that we will change it because we won't. He knows Conte knows one way of playing by the looks of it. Or there is there is pretty much one tactic or one formation. Um, you know, occasionally we put an extra man in, in midfield, but it's it, it, it it's kamikaze in some respects. And I think the first goal showed that. And some of the Le- you know, when we're going back to the last game against Leeds, I thought all of the Leeds mm. goals showed that. That we just get caught, turned, suddenly we've got two or three defenders. And when you're saying, oh, it looks like lack of concentration, I'm not sure it is. It's, it's lack of numbers sometimes. Yeah, it's, suddenly you're, you're, you're two on three and, um, you know, it's crazy. And the numbers support it. You know, the, these, the, the, the amount of goals we're conceding and yes, the amount of goals we are scoring, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's probably not what we expected from Conte. It must be said. We were expecting some sort of like low scoring, grinding out games. Control. Control would be nice. Yeah, some control would be good. Um, we saw out the rest of the half. I think we had a few chances. Sun, Kulu, but they were nothing because I don't really remember them. I think they were hit straight at the goalkeeper from memory. And yeah, and then the half sort of petered out. Second half starts and you know we're trying to get back into it. And then we just, the worst defending from a corner I've seen in absolutely ages, wasn't it, Paul? Tonal just not working whatsoever. Nobody reacting, nobody picking up Tony when he's just wandering in. And um, they're like, that, he was pretty much their only player near the ball, but still managed to get on the end of it with about five Spurs players around him. Are we going to avoid the reason why it was a corner? 
<laughs> yeah, well, look, Eric Dyer does a shinner at least every three games. This one was a terrible one, though, wasn't it? I'm not going to go in on Eric because someone quite important to me really, really likes him. Um, but he's 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 going backwards at the moment, Eric Dyer, and it's it's actually quite concerning. But anyway, yeah, uh, moving on to the corner. You can't play zonal and leave Hoiberg on the back post. It unsettles everything. Mm. You can't do it. So I don't know what he's doing there. Um, and as as the commentators like to say, don't uh, forget first contact, I think it's called now. And then, yeah, and then Tony's literally on his own with Hoiberg pointing at him and like, sticking out a leg and, and puts it in. It was horrible. It was really, really horrible. Um, just like, yeah, we, we were knowing it. Doherty is like a day too late to try and intercept. And then, yeah, and then Doherty just runs into the CCR box. Um, and, uh, you know, and then and just sticks his left leg out and it, it goes in the goal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good number nine's goal it, uh, from his point of view. But, it's, again, it could be avoided. It's so many areas. It We've, you know, I don't know how many we've conceded now at, at corners. It seems quite a lot. I know we score a lot from sit pieces at the moment, or seemingly we do. Mm. But yeah, that's that zonal, and then never been a massive fan of, of zonal. Zones don't score goals, spaces don't score goals. People do, so mark, mark people. Um, but yeah, Hoiberg on the back post. I've looked at it a couple of times on YouTube. I'm just like, I don't know what he's doing there. I frankly, I just don't know. I, I said, you got any ideas what he's doing there? Because there's no one on the front post, so. Is he caught out of position, or is he is he panicked a bit, or does he think it's going to go somewhere and he's gambled to beat? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why he's there. No idea. No, and the thing for me is he's the only player that can see Tony, but then yes. Tony's running into the box, so you're playing zonal, but somebody needs to pick up a man. It's just it's just a weird concept that you're just going to stand there and like they had Patrice Ever and, and Robbo on the BC Sport, and he was saying that at Juve, they used to play a similar um, system, but they'd have three people marking, like their three danger players that were in the box, and then the rest of them would be zonal marking. That makes far more sense. And obviously, if you've got somebody like Tony, who's six foot whatever, he's going to be their main danger on that corner. And just nobody sticks with him. I just I just don't understand how you can let a player like that just walk into the easiest goal he's going to score this season. It's obviously like normally we'd have someone like Kane near the front, near the front at, at the front of the six yard, but or near, sorry, the edge of the six yard box facing the, where the corner is coming from. And nine times out of ten, he would probably get ahead near. Or if Lucas, but I've said this many times, Lucas at, at defending because his his jump is so good, his vertical will be so good. Normally that ball doesn't come in. It's just I, I, I don't understand how the the guy gets the flick on near the near the front stick, and then Tony, you know, like ghosts into the back post and, and puts it in. I, it's it's a yeah, it's a catalogue of errors. It's a yeah, it was. It annoys me. But, Sorry. Yeah, uh, the the patron chat was pretty pessimistic at that point. <laughs> I'm sure I saw some people saying "game over." Oh, yeah, me. I said, I said that. Game like, over. I said that. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. George, it did feel like Brian it. He was taking a sabbatical from Spurs. I think he said. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you have all this time off. You come back all excited about Spurs, and then you're, you're losing two 0 like that. Just two goals that would, could easily be avoided. It's, it's frustrating, hard to take. But you know that's why we've got strong characters as Spurs fans. And then, lo and behold, we did start to get back into it. Decent cross from Clement Longley. Oh, mate! Did you that. look at the look at the shape on that, Davo? Yeah, if you're listening, good. this is what you get. This is what you get from a a, a left wide centre back who can cross the ball. Hey, the shape on that was lovely, and then like me was underneath it, little push in the back from Kane on me personally, but that it doesn't matter. Right back across the goal. That was a that was a lovely header. That was a really really yeah. nice header. 
yeah, right in the corner. I was very impressed with that. Um, classic Harry Kane, basically. And and then it wasn't too long until Hoybier's goal. Um, and that was, was well taken, I thought, Seb. Very composed, anyway. Yeah, fantastic. It was a good play from Kulisewski, wasn't it? Kind of got to the to the byline, came back on himself, found the man in space. And uh, yeah, good control well, control from Hoybier. And then just finding the... Uh, the, the inside of the side netting, if if that makes sense, and also, um, look, I, I think we might disagree on this one, but I, I think we should have had a penalty. <laughs> I know we're going to disagree on this one because obviously the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really think Spurs should have had a penalty with uh, when Doherty went down. He did make a meal of it. It doesn't get away from the fact that he was clipped and there was no contact on the ball, and that's a penalty. Mm. You talk about Kane. You talk about you talk about Kane going down or Doherty going down. Doherty. Well, there's there's oh, both, yeah. isn't there? There's oh. there's two penalty shouts. Paul, do you, you don't think either of them were pens? No, no. Kane's, Kane's was as well. I completely. I God, honestly, I've even forgot about that one. They were both. <laughs> they were both penalties. To the point. Well, my point with the Kane one is that um, later on in the game, um, I've forgotten the Spurs play. It might have been Basuma, I think, wrestled Tony to the ground on the halfway line. It was very yeah. very similar. Two arms round. Tony went down, and Basuma got a yellow card, and it was a free kick. It was a yellow card and a free kick. That's exactly what Ben Mee did to Harry Kane in the box for about three seconds shorter. He had his arms round. Yeah, yeah, his arms round Kane for no more than half to three quarters of a second. I know he's not looking at the ball, Seb. I know he's not. If I tell my missus right that I kissed another girl, and it was only not three and a half seconds, do you think that's going to make a difference? It's a fair argument, but I think that's probably what they looked at because he's got one arm around him and then he lets go just as Kane starts to move and then Kane goes down, doesn't he? And it's it's difficult because he's not looking at the ball and you think a defender can't defend like that, not looking at the ball, just only caring about the player he's defending against. So for me, that's really 50-50. I think if the ref would have given it, then I, I don't think people would have argued too much. But at the same time, I don't think it's the sort of thing that VAR are going to overthrow. And the other one, it was the slightest of touches. And I think the fact he made a bit of a meal of it, Seb, don't you think? Yes, he did make a meal of it, but it does that That shouldn't matter. Shouldn't be mm. throwing himself to the ground. If he's clipped and he's falling, it doesn't matter if he feel, falls hard or soft, It's a that's a penalty. I, yeah. I, I was very it's, surprised that there was no, um, you know, it was over before it had begun type of thing on the on the check. I was very surprised about that on, on both of them, actually. Um, yeah. So you know, maybe they had a little conversation and thought Kane's probably not quite ready yet for another penalty. We'll, we'll spare him that one on his first game back. I'll spare all the Spurs fans watching it through their fingers. Um, so who knows? But um, but yeah, I thought at least one of those you you you, you could have expected to have got given. Yeah, and then was it Zanka? What a Zanka! Wasn't he? He put his hand in Doherty's face, and I'm, I swear that oh, yeah. thing was a yellow card. Yeah. But I think he got away with that. I said that in the Patreon chat. I thought that was a yellow. I thought as soon, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm all for a little bit getting some getting someone's grid and then and then giving them what have you. But you can't put your hand on someone's throat or or cheek and then like throw, that. That's a yellow. As as far as I I agree with you, Franco. As far as the rules are concerned, as I as I know them, that's a yellow mm-hmm. card and. He seemed to get away with that for some reason. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> the got Mbwemo's dive at the oh. other end. <laughs> Went straight on there. It's the best dive I've seen in absolutely ages. Proper swan dive, both legs up in the air. But you could see the regret. The fact he when it didn't even dare, he had his face in the grass, didn't want to look up the shame. He's like, ah, oh, I've messed this one up. 
Oh, that was great. And then we had that other chance. Kane hitting the crossbar, and then it nearly it nearly bounced favour as well. Seb, it's like we had the chance to win it, we just couldn't quite do it. Yeah, it was very close. I think the, the you know the commentators did say on while I was watching that there's there's one team going to win this now. The, the, there was a big momentum shift. Um, to, to be fair, barring the first half an hour. Um, I would say Spurs looked to to attack more, and the, and the, atta- yeah. the the attacks did flow. Look, when Kulusevski's on the pitch, um, you always fancy your chances. Obviously, we have got Kane, but um, I'm look. Someone will probably dig me out on this. I think I'm yet to see Kulusevski have a bad game. Yeah, you know, he's such a threat, um, yeah. and you know he 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 does. He gets you excited. You always think you're you're in with a chance. Um, so yeah, I, as I, you know, I think another five ten minutes. Uh, if the game had gone on, I, I, I would expect us to, to win. However, saying that, it was quite open. You know, I think Brentford had the chance mm-hmm. as well, didn't they? With um, with Tony and Forster did well, kind of came out, made himself big, and um, mm-hmm. uh, and it, Tony blazed it over. But look, it it was a good game. It, you know that that's the that's the long and short of it. But I think it it raises a lot of well, I say it raises a lot of questions. It doesn't. It repeats the questions that we kind of already knew. We haven't got very good defence. There's no leader there. When we try and go forward, we can score goals, but it does come at a cost of leaving ourselves quite open. Um, I've read to, today that um, we haven't got. We're not going to spend a lot of money in January. Pedro Porro is the target for right wing back. I wouldn't be looking at right wing back, and I know a lot of people would disagree with me. We've got three for fuck's sake, you know, mm. uh, and and Doherty uh, is 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 okay. I think he's a he's a. Six or seven out of ten Premier League players. He's no great shakes, but I'd, I'd carry on with him. And we need a fucking centre back, like quite, quite urgently. I would say, um, you know, someone who can play um, in kind of any of the positions across the three, and they are, they, they do exist. Um, you know, I, I'd say that is our our key area that we should be going for. But I've not heard any names mentioned. I don't know if it's a priority, but that that's I'd be looking at getting a couple of centre backs out and getting one very good one in. Yeah, there's there's very little rumours about the moment, which is probably a bit of a concern because it, it feels like not a lot is going to happen, if I'm honest. I mean, like you said, who have we been linked to? Nobody, really. No, this, it's Pedro Porro. That, that is pretty much the only name that, that I've seen. And um, I think other clubs will, you know, we've already seen, I know it's not, I know it's Wolves, it doesn't really affect us, but they've gone and spent 50 million on a, on a midfielder from Atletico, I think clubs will make moves in this uh, in this transfer window, and I just I, I don't want us to get caught. I think we've got a good squad. The problem we've had this season is we, we have not had a fully fit squad ever at all. I raised the point on the Patreon uh, today when the when the team was announced is how often has Conte had to select um, three out of four for the, the 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 attacking roles? Pretty much never. You know, either Kulusevski, Son. Or Richarlison has been mm. injured pretty much on a on a rotor basis. You know, it's only Kane that's uh, touch wood has, has stayed fit. So um, yeah, I think like I say, you know, if you, even if you got Lucas on the bench, it, it gives you something different. Same same with some of the defenders where we've had in, injuries and stuff. But it, you know, Conte's not wrong. Uh, it does need strengthening, and obviously that takes you onto his contract situation. And I think he's obviously playing a very clever game. Um, I think I think it'll. I don't think there'll be any contract at all um, for either Conte or Kane before the end of the season. They'll want to see where we end up. I fear that if we don't spend money, we ain't going to end up where we all want to end up. 
Yeah, I don't like these situations because obviously it must breed a bit of uncertainty within the team. It can't be great for team spirit when you've not got a manager completely committed or your star player completely committed. So it's, again, we're not in a brilliant situation. Well, the story was they offered Conte an extra million pound a year to sign an ex- to sign an extra year. That was all. Mm. Um, and it was like, no, not at the moment, which is, <laughs> you know... <laughs> It's, it's not money. I mean, he's he's. I think he's second best paid manager in the league anyway. So, yeah, it, it, it will be. Can I win something? And at the moment, you know, you'd have to say it, it is a way off. Top four is not winning something in my book. Look, that that's a that's a debate for another day. Um, mm. And he won't be satisfied with with that. And neither neither should we be. You know, we've had this conversation a lot. But the facilities are there. The money is there to really really strengthen. I think if I think if Conte could see that there was a a um what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a gradual um improvement. Like you've got an end goal and this is how we're going to get to it. We're going to spend this money then and this money then. You can't just do it all mm. in one go. Even Newcastle are showing that. You don't mm. splurge it all in one go. But I'm not sure there is something that we can see is Jed Spence issue and things like that. There's there's a, there's still a disconnect. Um you know, he should be able to say to in January, right, I need this and this and you need to move out. Not not loan, you need to sell X and Y and then we move forward. And I don't think he's in a position where that's happening. And, and I think that's the problem. Yeah, and I think we all know it. Every single fan knows it. It's that you just need to give the manager what he wants. Otherwise, he's not going to stay. And the thing that upsets me now is that, like I just said, with Kane as well in that same situation, now is the time for the board to do something to show some of that ambition, hate the term, but we need to spend some money. We need to plug those gaps. We need to find some players that are going to make a difference to this squad. And if Conte wants players now, then you have to get them. It's continual as well. This is the thing that that, that, that does wind me up. And I'm not Enoch in or Enoch out or any, I'm not getting involved in any of that. It's that really the development of the squad and the team should you should always be striving to improve. So it's, there's no argument to say, oh, well, Levy went to Lewis in the summer and he got him 150 million and we got Basuma and we got Richarlison, whatever. That was then. You've got to, mm. you've got to now look at where we are right now and go, well, we're, we're a little, maybe, you know, position-wise, we may be a little bit where we expect it to be, but performance-wise, I think we can all agree we're a little bit off, right? It, has, mm. it hasn't clicked yet. It's not there. Do I think it'll get better in the season? Yeah, I think it probably will. I think when we get a full, a full squad like we had at the back end of last season, look, it's horrible, but we're probably going to need to drop out of all the other competitions, focus on the Premier League again like we did last season, and I think mm. we'll get a nice little run together. Um, but that's not, that's not good enough. There's no improvement there. You know, that's, you, you're sacrificing something again, and look, you know, it, it's there has to be. You, like I said, you have to be improving all the time. Every transfer window, every game, every squad needs to be better than last year. Um, and I think if you're Conte, you probably look at it and go, "No, not quite. We're just we're just treading water almost." Yeah, there's no point getting one of the best managers, paying him all that money and then not giving him the tools that he needs to do the job. I fully agree with that. Now it's just stupid because you're just throwing money at him. And then when it doesn't work out, he'll leave and then we'll just get another manager and you just repeat the cycle. And what happens, and what happens, in- what happens if that manager uh, doesn't want the players that you've gone and got for the present incumbent of the job? Yeah, but it's, you, you can't say we're building a, a, a squad or like, you know, a, 
a system of players coming through that are going to, you know, work. Any manager that comes in has to work with all these young, talented players because we don't even really buy young, talented players either, do we? We just take punts. We have to, we, I, I agree with the, look, I think we do buy some young, talented players, but I think we do take punts. You know, Benton Kur and Kulusevsky are undoubtedly a punt. Now they're a punt that bloody paid off, you know, barring Kane, I'd say they're our two best players. So, you know, it's, it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But this is the, go back to my point. I can't see the plan. There, you know, there's not there's not a you know Liverpool. I, I think for us or for me are a similar club. They don't go out and spend loads of money. I, I guess they, they did in the summer with Nunez, but he was a targeted player. They targeted him. That is who they wanted. It wasn't, we can't find anyone else or there's three days left of the transfer window. Fans are going to be upset if we don't spend any money. Oh, we'll go for him. He's available. It was, that is who we want. That is who we're going to go and get. I can't see that happening at Spurs and it hasn't happened for years. It hasn't, I can't remember it happening. <laughs> so, you know, even some of the best signings we've made, Van der Vaart, you know, that was not a targeted signing. That was a phone call at 10 to midnight. You know, it's... This is this is the problem, and I think if you're Conte, you you can't you not you can't get away from that, um, you know. And the fact that he doesn't seem to have control over who comes in is is a problem. Sorry, I've rounded again, but it's it's important. Well, we, we say that, but he said he said he's been he was happy with all the players that we signed. He's never really moaned about that, apart from obviously Spence, the way he's treated him. You know, but he he brought Basuma in really slowly. We talked about all these things. There seems to be a disconnect between. Conte saying he's happy with things and the way he acts as well sometimes on, on, in the team selection. So it's all a bit strange. I find it very, I find it very, very difficult if I was in on on the Enoch board to back someone who's not committed to us at this point in time. Mm. I think that's what it comes down to. I, I think that's a major, a major problem is that he's not committed, and therefore, well, you know, and that's you've probably seen that in some of the performances as, as you mentioned t- 10, 15 minutes ago. Franco was like, you know, mm. it must be hard to like motivate yourself and really go to the very, very, you know, to the very edge of your abilities to um, for a manager who might not be here, you know, in X amount of time. It's and uh, and the board probably think the same. Why should we? Why should we back you if you you can't even commit to us? Uh, it's, it's it's a balancing act. It's a balance. It's a balancing act. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that as a, in terms of the players. Maybe with the, with the board, you've got a point. I think if you, but as a player, all the noise is coming out of every player is how how they've improved, how our training sessions are different, how how you know he's so determined and he's put that will to win in, and and I think you can see that. To be fair, I don't think you come back from some of the pickles that we've got ourselves in uh, unless you unless you're playing for the manager. I think with the with the board, I think you, you've got a point. I think it's a bit chicken and egg scenario do you spend the money to back the manager or do you you know yeah I get what you're saying you know you 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 don't want to spend 50 million quid on a player that the manager targets if the manager's going to be gone in six months um the only question I would ask is I don't know if we've covered this before is um this year extension that's not automatic is it this is there is a year extension on the table if Conte wants it is that right in the in which case what's the point of it yeah, it seems a bit weird, doesn't it? Does anyone actually know that. how it works? I don't know how the, I don't know this contract situation. To be honest, I, I assumed it was going to be eventually kind of like if you want to stay for a year, yeah, is a year. If you don't, then ciao. That's what I thought it was, but I could be wrong. Which is weird because, well, working contracts normally it's just you've agreed the terms of that deal and then you can extend it by a further year, but it has to be mutually agreeable by both parties, obviously. So it just is a bit pointless. It just means oh, we don't have to renegotiate. We can just say, do you want it? Yes, cool. And that's it. But maybe it's like Levy protecting himself. <laughs> don't, don't want to offer him a long-term contract that we then have to cancel and pay out for. So this extension is like a way of 
avoiding that situation. Anyway, I'm looking forward to getting back to the lane on um, New Year's Day. Villa, didn't they? They lost to Liverpool today, Paul. Looking forward to that game? I am. I am. It's going to be good. be nice to get back. It seems a long time since we were there. Um, I didn't go to the boxing or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to taking a tube of the Seven Sisters and then, like, going to the Polish shop, get my mints and my bottle of water and then walk up to Seven Sisters and, uh, you know, might, might, might meet yourself or anybody else who's around. Let me know, let me know on Twitter or come and join Patreon and we can, we can meet up. But no, I am looking forward to uh, to the game. And I think, you know, the way that Emery's got like Villa kind of set up and stuff, you know, Ollie Watkins is good. You know, they've got a couple of good players, but at the back, they're not that great shakes. So it should be a good game. Should be goals, as they say, goals. Yeah, no, I agree. I was actually trying to give you an opportunity to moan about not getting your ticket for the Nice game then. Oh, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it was my fault. <clears throat> I think I might. Have, <laughs> I think I, I think I might have put the wrong email address in. Um, yeah. Anyway, I might uh, have put I might have put .co.uk instead of .com. <laughs> I think. I how could you? Oh, I suppose. Yeah, maybe. All right. We'll dive in and get his ticket until late as well. Either way, Spurs sort it out. <laughs> sure you took it out. You had a month off and couldn't even sort out tickets for Nice properly. Um, you watched that game, didn't you? The thing I was interested in was because you were saying Saar played quite well, weren't you? Yes, yes. I thought Saar was. I thought Saar was decent. I thought Saar was decent against us at Senate, uh, in the World Cup as well. I think um, he's got a good pass on him. I think he's always scanning. And as Hoddle used to say, um, he knows what he's going to do with the ball with the ball before he gets it. You can tell he opens his body out really well. He's got he got really good feet. Um, and I thought he played really well against Nice when he came on. Uh, sorry, he started hanging his knees and. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think he's yeah, he, 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 yeah. What you see of these players, yeah, here, there, and everywhere, but he he, he looked really decent. But I think he offers something slightly different to our other midfield options. I know he's very young still, but it's just I'm I'm wondering whether we're likely to see him before the end of the season. No, no of course, like of course, of course, we won't see him. We haven't seen Jed Spence. <laughs> you know, we, we you've you, yo, you set me up beautifully here, Franco. You? You've actually <laughs> teed this up. You utter cunt. Um, I thought I've, I, you just you've just like dropped that lure in front of me, and I've gone hook, line, and sinker for it. Um, no, we won't see him. We won't see probably won't see Jed Spence for him. If I was Jed Spence, I'd get a loan out of Tottenham as quick as possible for my own career. Uh, no, we will not see Saar as a starting midfielder unless there's an injury crisis before the end of this season. Can I add something to that? Because someone asked me a really interesting question in the week, and it does link into that. Um, and I'm not here to uh, debate like the, the the merits of Maurizio Pochettino, but someone asked me. With our last two main managers, obviously, um, well, not our last two because I'm forgetting about Nuno, but with Jose and Conte, if they'd taken the reins in 2014 when Poch did, do you think we would have seen Deli Ali, Eric Dyer, Harry Kane? Or do you think, based on how the teams that they put out now, they would have been sent out on loan or not got in the team or on the bench but never playing Allah, Jed Spence, Harvey White, Kassar, Gill? All the other kids that we that we have, even Skip, that perhaps we 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 want to see and don't. It's it, that's an interesting one. It really is. I think Delhi would have might have been the one who might have been seen a bit too petulant for for Jose. Certainly, I think because you look at the way he handled him when he came in. Um, so I'm not sure about that. Dyer, because he speaks Portuguese, I think he would have been fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, to answer, answer your question. Uh, now on Conte. Uh, under Conte, no. It's worrying, actually, isn't it? It is worrying that the, well, the we've evolved, we've evolved, and um, 
and it that that that's what you get. It's it's, it's we're going over a bowl ground here, but we haven't got a manager who's going to bring through young talent. He hasn't done it much in his past career. He's done it here and there a little bit, but he had a world class Eden Hazard at Chelsea, who was absolutely on fire that season. That's why he won. Um, he's not. He's, he, this is just what we get with Conte. He's not going to bring young talent through. Spence, Destiny, next season, uh, Harvey White, these Ed, uh, Pepe Matasar, who we spoke about, it, they're not going to play. And that's just that's just one of the downsides. It's, it's, they're a little bit like collateral damage at the moment with having Antonio Conte. And we want we 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 take great pride, don't we, when we find a Deli Alley or we bring someone through, they're one of our own or, or, or this kind of you know, as a fan base, we love that, but it's not gonna happen under Antonio Conte, in my opinion. And is that a bad thing? Yes, in my opinion as well, it's a bad thing because I love seeing young talent come through. Um I love I, I love being able to say, like, you know, we 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 brought him through from a, a 13, 14, 15 year old. That's why I want to see a bit more of skip. That's why I know Cess is not our product, but I want to see like Cess really, really uh like take take his chance. He's not gonna, but yeah, I, I personally for me I like seeing young talent come through and 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 take their chance. And but they've got to be given a, they've got to be given that chance in the first place, and Conte's not doing it. So I think it's a bad thing. Agreed. Right, on that note, um, listen out for the YouTube guys. I think they're doing the YouTube as we speak uh, live now. So if you haven't caught up with that after you listen to this, you want to get a slightly different opinion for the rest of the Cheeseheads, then get involved in that at YouTube. Um, they'll obviously be doing their um, review of... Oh, I won't say that. We'll be obviously doing a review of the uh, boxings of the... <laughs> Keep it in Franco. Come on, Franco. Come on, Franco. <laughs> It's the first time back in ages, what do you expect? <laughs> we'll be doing a review of the New Year's Day game, probably with slightly cloudy heads as well. So I look out for that. And then obviously there'll be loads of games in the new year coming thick and fast, loads to talk about back in action. So let me just say thank you, Mr. Paul Muir, for joining. Yeah, sorry, I've just switched over to Amazon on my laptop there and Arsenal are now winning 3-1, unfortunately. What? You looked about five minutes ago. Saka, Martinelli and Eddie Enketia 3-1. But yeah, so sorry to bring it down, but uh, we could maybe get edit this bit out. But yeah, good to be back on. Enjoy chatting always to you two guys. And uh, yeah, onwards and forwards. Bar humbug. Right, Seb, cheers for joining, mate. No problem. I uh, Yeah, I've missed it, to be honest. It is quite cathartic talking through, uh, even when... Spurs are poor or great or whatever, but uh, yeah, I've, I've missed you guys. So good to be back. <laughs> right, thanks ever so much for listening. As always, Cheetah. special Daniel Markin. Daniel Markin keeps us uh, uh, keeps us on the ball. Make sure we put out these pods. Uh, <laughs> it's good to have patrons that are keen to listen to us. And also, thanks. Ever, I want to say a big thank you to all the patrons. It's been a great year. Um, we've built a real sort of community, and I love all of you. Right, until next time. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.